That's a good question. So, I mean, I had a lot of, I had a lot of struggles in school. Um, I was, you know, a lot of people uh, look at people in the aerospace industry and they call us, Ooh, you're rocket scientists. You're really smart. And yeah, yeah, yes. Generally um, the people who do this are, are pretty smart, but uh, we're not all straight A students. I was not a straight A student. So I struggled with, with that a lot, um, but I was always good at work. Um, so I, I did have a good history. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Gather podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have Adina Mignona to speak about being an engineer and being an author. You can find more information about her series by clicking the link in the description below. I was the content one and finish all the news in this episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. So, thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Anytime. So before we get started, I'll let you let you introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. My name is Adina Mignona, and I'm a couple of things. I'm a writer. I'm an engineer, speaker, a mother, <laughs> a whole bunch of things. <laughs> nice. So what would you say would be your origin story and how you like to represent it? Let's see my origin story. Well, I'm I'm almost fifty, so I feel like it's a long story because I don't think I'm maybe fully formed yet. Um, but I'm originally from New York. I grew up up uh, grew up on Long Island, and I went to college at the University of Maryland. I, I came down to Maryland, and I've been here ever since uh, in Maryland, and you know, spent most of my life uh, working in the aerospace industry. I build satellites and I do a lot of uh, software programming, but my real passion, well, I have a passion for that too, but I've always wanted to be a, a science fiction writer. So I would say everything that I've, I've done is all goes into my writing. And so, yeah, it all, it all builds up and goes into my stories. <laughs> nice. And how's that to represent that? Well, um, as, being a writer, being a science fiction writer, uh, I have a well. I have a, a few books. Um, it's the Robot Galaxy series, and the first one is Crazy Foolish Robots, which came out last year. And then the second one is Robots, Robots Everywhere, which comes out next Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> and then there, there's uh, I'm working on the third one in the series. Cool. Yeah. So I'd like to get started with your what kind of drawing you to like science and engineering and things in that nature. A couple things. Uh, I think watching science fiction, uh, specifically Star Wars. Star Wars came out when I was young, and I was very drawn to the robots. You know, I fell in love with R two D two and C three PO, and just wanting to learn how robots worked and how I could, you know, maybe build them. And my dad was an engineer too, so uh, you know, I got a lot of encouragement there. And then also wanting to, you know, watching science fiction and wanting to be in space, wanting to build spaceships. So all of it kind of came together. <laughs> nice. And how is like building satellites and things like mm-hmm. that? Not it's hard. Can have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it's hard. And uh, it's, it's what I always wanted to do. Uh, and there's a lot of different things to, to do. Like, so I've done a lot of software and programming related to them, but that's just like one small piece. There are people who do like mechanical engineering and electrical engineering, and there's all the different different parts and the different pieces. So I've done a lot of the software. 
which has been fun. I do a lot of software that helps control the satellites. So sometimes on um, TV, you'll see like the control center and you'll see people sitting around all the computers, um, you know, just looking at monitors and you know, the satellites obviously in space far away. So the, the software that they're using, that's the kind of software that I've, I've worked a lot on. I've done other things too, but that's been the, the main thing. <laughs> Nice. And would you say like when you got to your career, it was everything you expected or? Uh, no, it's definitely, it was, it was different. And that's mostly because I didn't think I was going to do the programming. Uh, I thought I was going to like uh, do like the computer aid design and like draw the satellites and draw the pieces. Um, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. I had done some of that while I was in college. Uh, and so when I, after I graduated and got a job, that's what I, that's the kinds of thing I thought I wanted to do, but, um, and I would apply for jobs doing that and got called to this one company. And it turns out they were interviewing me to do software. I was a little confused, but I was like, well, if this is what they need me to do, well, I'll start here and maybe do something else later. And well, <laughs> I've done mostly software ever since. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it was very, very different, but I also didn't completely know what to expect. I think, which is normal. Most people don't know what to expect. Um, of no matter what career they're going into, I think. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Right before we got on, I was watching some clips. Um, you had some some YouTube videos uh, from an episode, Adulting is Hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was watching. That was, was wonderful because um, it's been a long time since I've been that young. <laughs> And and adulting is hard, even though you know, like I said, I'm, I'm almost fifty. Adulting is still hard. <laughs> I remember that episode. My friends, we all pretty much becoming adults, and mm -hmm. I was just like, "Oh, what's what to do? There is no there is no blueprint." Okay. Yeah. No, there isn't. There there really isn't. I mean, you you do learn how to take care of yourself, right? But outside after that, um, you know, and a lot of it's because everyone's situation is different. Everyone's path is different. Everyone's career or job is different. You know, everyone's family situation is different. Just everything is different. So there's no, yeah, there's no blueprint. Yeah, I go <laughs> to just... a mom for advice. Oh. Mm -hmm. So I said I cut you off, but I go to a mom for advice. And when she was 24, she had a whole different life than I have right now mm -hmm. at 24. So it's like not too much crossover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everyone is, even just friends of mine who you think would be kind of the same because we grew up in similar ways. No, as adults, we're all, you know, very different. <laughs> Dealing with it in our own way. <laughs> and when did you like accept that like software was your career? Um, well, I don't think I have yet. <laughs> And actually, right now, I'm doing something slightly different. I, I do what we call systems engineering, uh, which is really looking at the whole thing. It's a, um, a lot of documentation. It's a lot of understanding how the whole satellite works. So I'm, I'm not doing software right now. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I haven't accepted it yet. <laughs> and is there a lot of pressure, like, man, like um, talking software for a satellite? Or is it just a regular day? Um. It, it's up and down. I would say it depends on the project I'm working on. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's difficult. You know, we have a lot of hard deadlines to meet, um, and so that creates a lot of pressure. And depending on the the specific project, um, you know, there could be, uh, you know, people are depending on on it. Um, 
so yeah, so it, it does create a lot of pressure and, it, you know, I have a large team and everyone is depending on everyone else. Um, yeah, it's, it, there is a lot of pressure. And it's like in the movies where everybody's in the science, like the white coats and at the computers <laughs> and the sign goes crazy. Everybody's running around. No, it's not like that, especially, well, since the the whole pandemic had started two years ago, a lot of us are working from home um, because what I do now, a lot of my job, well, with software and then now doing system engineering, which is a lot of documentation, I just need a computer. Uh, so I'm not in the laboratory. I'm not in a manufacturing facility. So I work from home. I work actually five feet you know, in that direction is where my work computer is. Um, so no, it's not like that, but we, we meet a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of meetings. Um, we're talking a lot and it's, it's a, a pretty hectic pace, even if we're not physically moving around. Um, one of my, my coworkers at the end of the day today, actually, he was saying, uh, because I had a, a certain meeting at the end of the day and I was asking him and the other team members, if, this was a, a meeting was uh, was worthwhile to them. And uh, one of them said, yes, because this is one where we're kind of just like just talking about anything and it's not it's not high pressure. We can relax a little bit uh, because he feels like the pace is, you know, hit the ground running and go and do and do and do and do. And at this particular meeting, we can actually just chat a little and it was a little, you know, nicer, especially, you know, some of my coworkers, uh, including this individual, they came out of college and started their career in this environment. You know, he's been working his from home his whole career. So he doesn't have the social interaction that, you know, I used to have in, the, in and still have because, you know, some of my coworkers, I've known them for 10 years, you know, so I knew them well before starting to work from home. And that's different than just like joining a new team and you've never seen these people in real life. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Everything, meetings and emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, email is not my favorite. <laughs> and before we get into writing, um, mm -hmm. what would kind of say like your favorite part of your career? Uh, I would say my, my two favorite parts are one, when we actually launch the satellite and it's working. so it's doing what it's supposed to do, um, that that's just the best when it all comes together. But then also on just like a day-to-day -day basis, um, when my team members call me because they have a question or a problem and I actually help them. <laughs> so I'm able to help answer their question or help them get through whatever they, they need, um, that's actually, that's great. <laughs> Cause then I feel like I've, that's when I feel like I've actually done something. <laughs> Is it like, um, I see on Twitch, like everybody's like Stack Overflow is their best friend. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, we do use Stack Overflow quite, <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> cool. So let's get into writing. So you said you always want to be a writer. When did that start? <laughs> I, at least back in high school, uh, I took a creative writing class in high school and again in college. So I knew back then, um, I, I knew, but I also knew it wasn't like that was the only thing I was going to do. I knew I was going to have another career and then just still do this on the side. Um, I never was going to be a, a full-time writer. I knew that, um, but I always wanted to write and tell stories. Got it. Yeah. And do you, how does like, 
the creativity come out. Because I know like math and science and like writing and history are like very opposite and opposite sides of the brain, all that stuff. They're they're not as opposite as a lot of people think, actually, because, um, you know, math and science and engineering is actually very creative because the, it all involves problem solving. Really, you have to think of uh, new things, different things, ways of doing things, you know, and, and solving problems. So it's it's actually there's a lot of similarity uh, to that. Uh, but then the kind of writing I want to do, writing science fiction, I want to write like imagine, you know, things in the future or technologies in the future that still sort of relate to what I do today. So it's it's not that far of a stretch, I guess. And when, so what is your creative process with writing? I'm, I'm sorry, say that again. What is your creative process with writing? Well, oh gosh, I don't know if there's just like one, uh, I mean, there's the the fact that I, I get up every morning before anyone else in the house is up, before my husband's up, before my kids are up. Um, and so I have an hour every morning to myself. And that's when I, I do most of my writing. But most of the ideas and the thoughts just come at me all the time. So I always have either, uh, you know, like, like sticky notes or notepad or my phone or something where I capture it. But then I, I do most of my stuff. Um, early in the morning and yeah in in some ways it's that simple (laughs) and what can people expect with your writing your writing style uh for it to be somewhat like light and fun uh and whimsical um you know there is a lot of like you know dark science fiction and wars and dystopian and everything is like terrible in the future and, and stuff. I don't, uh, at least these books are not that these are, uh, there's a lot of robots and they're, they're meant to be fun and playful. Like, like if you think of R2D2 and if you think of Wally from the Pixar movie years ago and like all those kinds of fun robots and playful robots, like all smushed together, <laughs> those are my robots in the book. Um, so it's meant to be yeah playful. Not like Terminator and everything no. like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading iRobot in high school and I was like, mm. this is fun. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, I'm a big, big um, Isaac Asimov fan and his robots are, are great. So, yeah, it's not meant to be, um, it's not dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the other side of people don't really talk about where things do work out with technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do you believe that like technology will like work out like in a favor of everybody or? Oh, that's, that's hard to say. I mean, there's obviously a lot of wonderful things uh, about technology. Like the fact that we're communicating like this, I mean, you know, is amazing that we can communicate with other people all around the world like this. This is, this is great. Um, but, you know, we're on our phones like all the time. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of negativity that we can spread really quickly that way. So there's ups and downs. Uh, I like to be hopeful and optimistic that we'll learn <laughs> how to um, have some balance because, yeah, there's a lot of you know great things with technology and our, our whole modern lives um, depend on it. Cool. And so when did you, so when you were writing your first book, how did you know that was finished? Um. That's a really hard question to answer uh, <laughs> because it took uh, this, this book actually took like almost a, a 10 years to write. 
I'd started it in 2012 and rewrote it several times um, before I felt like I was getting anywhere. <laughs> and then I had other people read it. I'm in a, uh, you know, a writer's group and we trade, you know, we critique each other's work. And so that helped me, I think, get to a place where um, the first story was was done. And, and when I did it, I knew there was going to be several other books. I, I knew I was telling a, a longer a longer story overall. So yeah, I think working with other people helps a lot. Yeah. Similarities. I'm just thinking about writing and the similarities. Yeah. I'm good at math and science. And I'm like, I like problem solving, but I don't like writing mm -hmm. that much. Mm -hmm. I think anything simple and it's like, okay, here's, here's the problem. Here's how I solve it. <laughs> that's okay. Cause not, you know, everyone has different interests and stuff and that's totally okay. Yeah. For me, they, there's a lot of, I see a lot of the similarities, but it's not for everybody. <laughs> and so since you say you like, you know, you're going to write more, is it like mm -hmm. a long-term plan or is it that the plan is built on over, like there's a new piece every time? Um, well, so this series, I kind of have a, a plan for a total of well four books. And then as I was writing recently, I was like, Ooh, I want to take these two characters and have like them on a side book. So that's five. <laughs> But then I have another book I started writing a couple of years ago, and I, I think I want to turn that into a series too. Um, it's also a lot of robots, but different, still a little light um, and playful, but different um, because it's going to take place on the moon. And I also like to inject as much real astronomy and science as I can, even though like the robots in these books, they're they're never going to be, you know, it's not real, but like sometimes when we talk about space travel on the planets, I like to make it as real as I can. So, um, the book I'm planning, you know, this one that I have drafted that takes place on the moon, like I'm trying to make everything about being on the moon as real as it could really be. And then have robots that are very advanced and probably will never happen, <laughs> but the moon stuff will be like, correct. And how do you like incorporate all like the factual stuff into it? Um, I mean, just research, you know, so one of, uh, when I was in college, I actually studied physics and astronomy. So at least, you know, so when it comes to stuff that's astronomy related, I have a background enough to know what I'm looking for. Um, but then it's just, it's just research. Uh, and again, luckily technology, the internet, <laughs> everything is right here. So it's, but because I have a background in astronomy, I know what I'm looking for in this case. Um, if I was doing something that was like more biology, I, I that would be, it's still doable because you can do a lot of research, but it'd be harder because I just don't have the fundamentals. I don't have the background in it. So just be harder. Got it, got it. Yeah. And what were people's first reactions to like your first book? Uh, pretty positive. I got a lot of great feedback um, and, and the kind of feedback I was hoping for where they see that it's light and playful. Uh, they enjoyed it. They were really looking forward to book two. In fact, I think the the biggest negative comment I got was when I put out the book, even though I knew there was going to be a book two, three, four, I didn't make it obvious. <laughs> so a couple of people were like, wait a second, she just wrote this one book and that's it. And I was like, no, wait, there's going to be more. Um, so yeah, no. So it was really, really well received. And as of, I'm, I'm waiting for that hundredth rating on Amazon. There's like 99 ratings right now. I'm waiting for like number 100, <laughs> like any minute. Got it. So we'll jump back into your career. Mm -hmm. So you was able to like stick with it since you was younger. And then mm -hmm. so how was like that decision just to stick with like this path? Well, 
Um, it's so it's kind of funny that you say that because I actually didn't for a little while uh, when I was younger, uh, and I would say I was about 28. I actually got very burned out, and I quit engineering for a little while, and um, I opened up a store. I opened up a, a paint your own pottery store. <laughs> But two years into that is when I was like, no, I, I really am an engineer. I really belong in aerospace. I need to get back into that. And so I did. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did try not being an engineer and I couldn't. So I had to come back. Um, but and, and that helps me know that even on days that are really stressful or something, I know I'm still, you know, in the right place for me. But the other thing that helps me is um, I like to do different things all the time. So like every two years or so, I'm, I'm working on a different project, still a satellite project or still something, but it's different. Uh, so it's different enough. I think it keeps me, you know, keeps me continually like engaged and feeling like it's new. And I like that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I've been doing this for, for a long time. A long time. <laughs> Let's see. My first satellite project, well, I was in college, but 1993, um, I got a job while I was in college at University of Maryland building spaceflight hardware. And the stuff I was doing CAD drafting and the, the stuff that I built um, launched on a satellite in 1997. <laughs> so, yeah, but and it's still up there working. It's actually, it uh, studies the sun. And it's still collecting data um, that they that they use to understand the sun. Is the sun doing well? I hope the sun's doing well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so for when the satellite is um, sent up, is there any like upgrades that are made to the satellite or is it just like that for the rest of the time it's up there? Uh, most satellites, that's it, except for some software. Some can, you know, get software upgrades. Although it normally, uh, we normally don't do that. Uh, usually, when it's working, then we don't like to to do anything. Um, but sometimes that will happen as an experiment. Um, you know, sometimes a satellite will be like, let's say we plan the mission for five years. So after five years is done, then it's like, oh, well, maybe we can use this to test something. Um, but again, it's it's all software related uh, because, you know, we're not going up there and capturing it, except the company I work for right now, that's actually some of what we're doing is we are going to capture satellites to extend its life. And we've done that twice already. Um, there's a these missions called it's called mission extension vehicle and folks can look it up uh, on youtube if uh, so i work for northrop grumman and if you look up northrop grumman mission extension vehicle uh, you should see that yeah we actually connected to another satellite uh, we've done this twice to basically um be like a refueling tank to to let it continue to be there because it needs fuel um we're not we're not putting the fuel in it. We're just kind of grabbed onto it and then we're able to just keep it where it needs to be. Um, but this is the first time that was ever done. And so the, the project I work on right now is kind of like the next evolution of doing more of that kind of stuff. So to keep satellites that are up there continuing to operate for longer and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> so those so like, or is it a specific specific type of like operating like software for like satellites? There's something about like other satellites like mm -hmm. on Windows ninety five and things yeah. like that. No, so most uh so uh most satellites work on like some kind of embedded operating system. Um, so VXWorks is is tip very very typical. So no, it's not 
not not Windows. Although again, it might be possible that people have done a little bit of experiments with small CubeSats. Uh, you know, universities get to do stuff like that. Uh, usually, um, companies like mine, we we usually don't do stuff like that. We usually do things that like aren't new. <laughs> we actually usually just kind of keep doing very tried and true, um, you know, very tried and true things. So me and Sally are about the same age. Yay. <laughs> Nice. Yep. And so did you have find it hard to start your career or was it? Um, that's a good question. So, I mean, I had a lot of, I had a lot of struggles in school. Um, I was, you know, a lot of people, uh, look at people in the aerospace industry and they call us, Ooh, you're rocket scientist. You're really smart. And yeah, yeah yes. Generally, um, the people who do this are, are pretty smart, but uh, we're not all straight A students. I was not a straight A student. So I struggled with, with that a lot, um, but I was always good at work. Um, so I, I did have a good history, even when I was graduating from college of, of already doing good work. So, um, but at first I thought I was going to go to graduate school right away. And I, I was planning to go. Um, and then like maybe a month before graduation, I woke up one morning, I'm like, no, wait, I don't want to go to, I don't want to do more school. I want to, I want to work because I'm not a good student. Why do I want to go to more school? I'm done with school. <laughs> but then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what I'm doing when I graduate. I need a job because even though I was working as a student, I couldn't keep that job after I graduated. So, um, so I basically like took the first job that I was offered just because I, I needed to have a job. I needed to pay my rent and, um, and that, but I, I was very lucky because that first job I was working at uh, NASA's Goddard site operating satellites. Um, and it was really neat. I, I learned a lot, um, but it was not really where I wanted to completely stay. So it was like a, a year in is when I started looking for for other jobs in the industry. And that's when that happened where I thought I was going to apply for a CAD job, but then they were like, no, we want you to do software. And I was like, okay. Um, so, you know, I, I always had a pretty decent time with work and, and finding jobs when I needed to. So yeah, I would say like that part was okay, but it was really, like I said, coming out of just not having been a good student. So I was sometimes unhappy with myself <laughs> uh, and wondering, you know, is it going to go where I want it to go? You know, but it, but it did, it, it did work out. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And usually these days, you know, cause a lot of, um, I do work with a lot of people who are recently graduated, uh, you know, they come and work on my teams and, and I actually had, um, I'm not a hiring manager right now, but I had been up until recently. And so I, I you know, talked to a lot of, uh, students who are about to graduate or just graduated and a lot of them do ask me, oh, should I go get my, my master's right away? And it really uh, depends because I've uh, there was this one guy who was working for me. He was working for me as an intern, and then we hired him as a full-time. Um, uh, full time. But while he was an intern, he would, he would tell me all the time how burned out he was from school. So when we gave him the full-time job, then he was like, Adina, should I get my master's? I'm like, I'm like, no, not right now. You're so, but you've been, you've been telling me for the last year, how burned out you are. Just work. Don't worry about school. Get past that. Take a breath. <laughs> and then you can always get your master's later. If that's what you decide, you know, you, you really want to do, but don't, don't push yourself 
when you don't necessarily need to, because sometimes you need to just relax, just focus on what you're doing, enjoy life a little bit, you know. I talk to a lot of a lot of people in their twenties <laughs> and coming out of school about all these things. I felt them. I felt them. Yeah. And so they're best writing. Mm-hmm. So how? So when creating a character, what's like the first step with that? Um. Sometimes it just pops in my head. You know, the character just appears. Um, sometimes, if I I know the story or the and I have to make the character. And um, a lot of it is, you know, yeah, a lot of it just pops in my head. But sometimes, you know, recently I did need some new characters for the next book I'm working, you know, for the next book in the series. I need some new characters. So I actually went to a website that it's about where you like take a personality test and there's all the different like personality types. I actually decided to, I wanted to very deliberately make a couple characters that are very much that match those personality types. So that's what I started with. Um, and I kind of took notes on, okay, well, this personality is like, they're very driven and they're very outgoing. And then this one is like the opposite, you know, and I'm just starting with that to, to play with them. And then it's like, so then now that I have, I know what my story is, well, then I take these characters that I know how they should behave and just, just start writing, <laughs> just start writing. It was like that process of finding out who the character is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. Like, get, like getting all your variables together and then mm-hmm. finding the solution. Yeah, exactly. See, like I said, they, they go together. <laughs> they go together. It's all problem solving. <laughs> and then when you were writing, did you like, first of all, did you have like a target, target audience or? Um, not really. Uh, really, I just kind of, you know, wanted to write something that I would read myself that I would enjoy. So I'm my target audience, <laughs> thinking that there, there are a lot of people who, you know, like science fiction and like fun science fiction. Um, I'm a big fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I was thinking about that a lot. Um, and so the people who like Hitchhikers, um, I think they would like my book. Got it. Got it. And then with writing the character, do you ever feel like yourself, you've, um, kind of like lose the focus of the story and you kind of write mm-hmm. too much of the world. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, actually the book that's coming out next week, I did have to cut a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of rewriting because yeah, there was definitely some point where I was kind of going off in a, uh, it just wasn't works, so, but I, I cut it. And that's, I mean, one of the nice things about writing is you can, you can edit and edit until it's, until it's right. And until it's done. Got it. Got it. And how did you like publish everything and find all like the illustrators and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm doing, uh, you know, we call it independent publishing. Uh, you know, I'm an indie author. So I, I'm just doing, I chose to do it just through Amazon. So my books are all on Amazon. Um, the cover, I, I came across this company um, and I looked at a few and I just liked the, their other samples and, and it, and it worked. And so they, um, I hired them to do all four covers at the same time. To, so they look all the the same, um, and and people have uh, I've gotten such great feedback on them. So I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> nice, nice. Yep, that's definitely the wave. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where the readers are. <laughs> so 
I mean, there are other, you know, people talk about um, just doing Amazon only versus being wide. Uh, just that was a lot for me to digest. So I was like, well, let me just do Amazon right now. And maybe I'll, I'll go wide later. Um, it was just easier to start this way. Have a starting point and then be able to expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with like publishing, do you feel like you want to like expand publishing, like expand writing into like different aspects, or just more of like you create books that you every time, like whenever you have the idea to? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've always had the like having the ideas is is not the problem. <laughs> um, it's really finishing stuff. Uh, finishing is really is really hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and generally the my ideas are just things that I would want to read. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have a, I, I have no problem coming up with the ideas. <laughs> and then when somebody like reads your book, do you feel it a certain way or is it pretty like neutral? Uh, you mean from, from me? Yeah. Like if somebody reads it, cause like uh-huh. for me, if somebody like reads my writing or like, look, it's like, could see something on mine. I can't like mm-hmm. really be in that area. Um, no, I can, I can. And I think that some of that is just, um, since I've, I've been in writers groups where I'm used to getting feedback, both, you know, construct, we, we try to, you know, help each other. So it's constructive yeah. criticism, even if they don't, uh, like what I wrote. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable, but I think that comes with a, like years of experience of just doing that. And you, you learn how to absorb the right stuff and ignore, you know, again, my writers group, they're, they're really awesome. Um, but every now and then there's someone who can be a little mean, um, and you learn how to filter that out. <laughs> you learn, you learn the difference between somebody really helping and they might be saying something negative because they're really trying to help and something really wasn't working or whatever versus the people who are just, yeah, being mean and not helpful. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And I'm still in how stack overflows use almost every aspect of tech and engineering mm-hmm. and that type of field. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just still, still mm-hmm. on how like stack overflow is used by almost mm-hmm. like everybody, every position. Yeah. yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> and also, do you have any questions for me? Kind of forgot to say if you ask questions or anything. Um, well, I, like, I, I, I don't know, but I, like I said, I was, I really do want to finish, you know, I am going to finish watching the, the adulting, um, <laughs> Cause I think that's just, that's, it's really interesting to, cause I don't think, even though I do talk to a lot of people who are in that age range, I don't, I don't listen to them talk to each other. You know, I, I talk and that's with, with them and that mm-hmm. what, how, what, how they talk to me, because, um, I think I'm old enough <laughs> to be, um, you and your friend's mother. <laughs> so how you guys talk to me in that about adulting might be different than how you guys talk to each other. Yeah. So this is really fun watching that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a um inside of like how people th- how, yeah. how people think amongst yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Got it definitely. Yeah, what else? Cool. So um with like speaking like, let's stick on this stick on this topic with speaking to people who are younger. Do you ever mm-hmm. see like like comic problems that always come up? Do I see what come up? Um, like, like common problems, like almost anybody has. Oh. Um, a lot of people are, at least initially, I think, um, not necessarily confident in what they're doing, uh, you know, or intimidated. It, it's very, which is really easy to, it's very easy for anyone to be intimidated. 
Um, so I think I see that a lot, but that's, and that's normal. Um, you know, and that whole, um, imposter syndrome, I see a lot of people feeling that, uh, and again, that's normal. Uh, and it's also something that doesn't necessarily go away. Um, like I said, I kind of change projects every couple of years. And if I come into a new project, uh, yeah, I mean, like it, it takes a while to get into it. And that's when you have those feelings, but, um, so yeah, I would say that that's just really, really common for people to work through. And so no one should feel like they're alone with it, but it's also, it's workable. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I tell people, you know, I, especially when I was a hiring manager, um, I take a lot of pride in my decision. If I like decide to hire somebody, it means I see, think I really do think that this person really should be here on my team. Um, and, and I understand that people are going to have those feelings, but um, I, so I want people though, relax, like understand that we know you're new to the team. You know, you're going to be learning some things and that, that that's okay. I still hired you for a reason. I don't just hire anybody. <laughs> um, so I would say those are, those are common things that I see. Uh, and of course now with um, so many people, you know, starting their careers in this work from home situation, uh, I definitely think I see some common problems with people not getting engaged with their coworkers as much on a kind of socialish level that I'm used to and that we we always had before. Um, and I think that's a problem because it then you really don't, it's just a different team feeling. And I don't think you get as close to the team and as close as your coworkers as you would otherwise. And so I, I think that's going to be a a bit of a problem. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. I work from home and I was like, don't really know my team, but like we all expect from each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really different. I mean, when you, um, yeah, it's just really different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's hard for me to imagine it. Like, cause it's really hard for me to imagine, you know, cause I remember, you know, so two years ago when all this stuff was starting and we're having these thoughts like, oh, maybe you're going to have to work from home. And then really all of a sudden it was one day the company said, okay, for those of you who physically can work from home starting tomorrow, you're working from home. And for my, for my team, uh, me and my team, it was fine because, you know, we're on computers. We know each other already. So, okay, we're, we're from home. We know each other. Um, but to, for the new people coming in and joining us after I could see how, like they're coming into like a group of, of friends, you know, and it's, it's really hard when you don't have that, you're not there in person to connect. I, I, so I can see it. I don't know entirely how to help it other than to try to reassure people and make sure I'm trying not to leave them out, uh, make sure they're part of the conversation. And it, it's really hard when you, you don't know them that well either. <laughs> and let's speak on your time as a hiring manager. How was like mm -hmm. that working? Um, mixed, uh, on, on one hand, I don't mind, I, I enjoy the interviewing. Um, and you know, I, I'm very confident in my decision-making ability. Uh, on the other hand, there was a time where my company was pressuring me to hire a lot of people quickly. And I had to push back and say, no, I'm, I'm hiring the right people because sometimes hiring the wrong people, uh, just because they want me to hire so many um, is not good. And so I, there was a lot of push and, you know, with my, my management and that was not fun. 
Um, but no, but we did hire like some really good people uh, in that time who are still there um, doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's good. <laughs> And I think we can almost end it here. So I'll say last question is, what would you name your origin story? Not quite there yet. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and any last things you want to say? Any other acts? Uh, no, just if, if anyone who is listening does like fun science fiction, find crazy foolish robots on Amazon. Start there. <laughs> Well, thank you for being the guest. Thank you for having me. Anytime. That brings another episode of the Let's Gather podcast to a close. Again, you can find more information about Adina Mayona's series by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I have Shaquita Smith and Christopher Mormando to speak about being actors. I hope you're in this day, and I hope to see you there.